the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner Since 96, and I'm joined here with James. James? Hello. How are you doing? I'm well, let's let's just start. I've got a bit of a cold. Yeah. Let me just say. Uh, I'm absolutely superb now. That's just all gone away, and uh, it's just turned into utter happiness. What a fantastic result! I, I, I'm speechless. Like I, uh, I mate, I've had the yeah. most. I've had the most like roller coaster of an of emotional roller coaster of a ride today. Like my, yeah. I've I've literally it's been up and down, and I've been feeling really like down and not depressed, but like really low and sad. And then there were moments where during that game I was just filled with like jubilation and so much excitement. I am on cloud nine. Like that, it could, it couldn't have got any. It couldn't have finished any better than better. it did. It couldn't have gone yeah. any better. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I would just say probably the the goal we can steve it, but I I don't put that to much. I just think they need they were they 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 needed a goal. They got a goal. Probably shouldn't have been given because Jacka was down. But exactly, yeah, that's we're what just, I was gonna say. Yeah, we 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 were three nil. Like we, we to produce what we produced today. I I'm speechless. Yeah, everybody everybody played their part from the manager. The fans were brilliant. Um, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. I can't. Literally. I can't remember a performance where it's been faultless. And like, I don't. I don't know if I'm taking <clears throat> things too far, but I just got the impression whilst I was watching that game that it was faultless. Now I don't know whether it was because Spurs were just so bad on the day, and because they've they're on this really bad run of form, and they've conceded like nine goals in the last three games now. But I don't know whether yeah. it's it's down to that or whether it's down to the fact that we looked so good. Um, it, it's 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 strange. Like I listen, yeah. The top, the, yeah. Listen, the Tottenham, the Tottenham team. You know, there was nothing odd about that Tottenham team. No. There was no big, no. They 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 they, they went for it with their full strength. They went they went with it. Hello, Earth to James. Seems that James is experiencing some technical difficulties, which is a shame because I was really looking forward to listening to his tangent on how Spurs have no excuses whatsoever. I tend to agree with him because when you've got a, a fully fit starting 11 team with not that many players who could have replaced uh, your starting 11. I mean, they had Son, they had Kane, um, they had Hoybjerg. Um, Who else did they have? They don't have many good players anyway. So it's usually just Son and Kane that you look at and you think, oh, well, you know, we might need to watch out for those two. There'll be a handful, but this game, they were absolutely piss poor. They were so bang average, in fact, below average. And most of that is down to the way that we were, the, the way that we structured ourselves defensively. Most of that is down to individual performances in the back four. And you know, it's, it is it is a little bit unfair just just to 
kind of pour all the praise um, to the to the guys at the back. But ultimately, we looked so comfortable going forward because they were doing so well, because they were so composed, so focused, so sharp. Like every man from Tierney to Tommy, um, even Ramsdale, just really intelligently played at the back. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. There was a bit of technical um, fraudulence, as yeah, my man. good friend Hughesy likes to say. Uh, actually, we're not good. even friends. I don't, I don't know why I said that. Sorry, that was very weird of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> friends after this, after this. Yeah, who knows? I've had a few good uh, conversations with him. I'm trying to get him onto a show, but it's really difficult. Yeah, man. Anyway, um, yeah. sorry, James. Sorry about that. As you were saying. That's all right, mate. Yeah, I was just saying about um, Tommy Asu looks absolutely superb. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the first time I've seen him play on TV, which is which is nice. Um, but every person in that every person in that squad, from the manager, from defenders to attack, absolutely superb. Aaron Ramsdale again. You know, My I know God, he can what see, a player. I, I know he conceded that goal, but what a what a my my French, what a fucking player he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't care. I will swear today. I am that much in a good mood. Yeah. Um. You know, I've not seen a I've not seen a performance like that for ages, man. Mm. Ages. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the last time that we were ruthless from start to finish. Yeah. Yes. In the yeah. second half, we in the second half we kind of dropped off because we were letting them we were letting them get their feet and into the game and then. Uh, trying to you know let them get in the game, think they can think they can get something, which they which they did. They got a goal, fair, fair. Oh, I don't really want to say fair play, but whatever. Yeah, a goal is a goal. Is a goal. Yeah. Um, mm. we let we let them think they they were back in it, but you know Spurs fans were gone at half time, so yeah, more for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like this podcast is going to be absolutely all over the place. But what's up? Oh, mate, it, uh, it's fine though because. I mean, you you make a really good point there when you say that you haven't seen Arsenal play like that in such a long time because we we have one of the <coughs> London derbies. You know, it's not like this is like alien to us. This feeling is because it's not. We've beaten Spurs many 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 times, but it's usually a little bit more competitive. The last time yeah. that we beat Spurs like this in such an extraordinary kind of embarrassing fashion was when Arsene was. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it, I think it might have been might have been Emery. The, no, the no. last one was Emery because four two, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But I'm saying, in a kind of because because was it that game where we were like one or two nil down? Um, I think I think at half time we were down when we and then we came. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm not that. sure, but anyway, I I just can't remember Arsenal playing with such dominance and with such like what's the word I'm looking for it, it was it was oh, almost so ruthless that's what it was it was, it was ruthless and, it, and we you know I don't know what Arte has been saying to them or what he's been doing but he's got them playing in such a way where they just don't care you know they they, they don't they not not like they don't care in a in a, in a bad way now but they, they don't care if they go one or down or or, or 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 sit back in a game and and let them. Something's happened in these in these last two weeks because it's only been a short turnaround. Last a few yeah. weeks ago, we, we were here five 0 down to City, talking about 
bottom of the league. Well, Aubameyang made the point after the game at the post-match interview that after that defeat, they they had a chat amongst themselves. They needed to. They needed to look at each other. And I remember him um, after the City game saying (laughs) to whoever whoever was interviewing him that they needed to have a chat. And he mentioned it again today that they they had a chat and things have sort of turned around. And it's, it's almost like... Playing attractive football and winning in style is something I expect from Arsenal. But today I saw a little bit more than that. Today I saw like a level of sheer, um, what's the word? Um, ruthlessness, but also like, yeah, you know, it was just like, determination. Do you know what I mean? There was. Yeah. No, no, that's the word I'm looking for. Determination. Like every, like every yeah. time we lost the ball, whether it be Odegaard or Aubameyang, one of them were always pressing high. Um, to trying back. to put yeah as much pressure as possible on the Tottenham defense to try and win it back, and I I so I don't know about you, but I associate Arsenal nowadays as a team um, who are quite naive at times, a team who can be quite lazy, a team who can be quite um, I don't know maybe just a, yeah. reluctant to do the work. To quote, actually, this is this is this is actually really weird. But to quote the Amazon documentary of Tottenham Hotspur, if you've watched that. Yeah. They, they was, they, they, there's, a, there's a point in that documentary where Jose Mourinho is still manager and he says, you can't play like nice, that you can't play nice, you can't play nice in yeah. the Premier League. And that, that's what we were. I think we were too nice. That's right. We too, you know what? You we make too, a very good point, actually. We were too, we were too nice to teams and we were just, you know, oh yeah, you can have it. Oh yeah, you can have the ball. We'll just sit off you and let you do, let you do your stuff. When, Pe- you know, Pep, when Pep Guardiola comes to town, he can, you know, uh, show his, show what he's known for and show his style of play and just have centre stage. But, but now it's it's time for Arsenal to shine and 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 Arteta's in town and it's no, it's no more Jose Mourinho ball or, or you know any of that. It's Arteta ball, and today Arteta ball. Was in full effect, and I am, um, I'm really, really happy. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what I, else I can say, and I'm really, really happy for Arteta because I feel like this is a turning point. You only have to look at the end. You only have to look at the end of the game where he was clapping all the fans and they were all with him. That's what we need. That's it, what we need. It we did need seem ball. like a bit of a cup final kind of victory, and I know. You know, it's something that we need to really just put past us and get our head back down to planet Earth and all that but kind of stuff. Hard when yeah. It's hard when we've been through the start we have done. Look, yeah, absolutely. And, and and look, yeah. after after the first three games of the season, um, we were looking at the next bunch of games, Norwich, <laughs> Burnley, Spurs, Brighton, Crystal Palace, Villa, thinking he has to win these games. If he doesn't take maximum points from these games, we need to start asking some, you know, real questions about whether he's the right man to be in the job or not. And so far, look, the, the, we've kept two clean sheets. We've conceded one goal in the last three games, and we've actually played some really good football. So, look, there is a story to be told about this game. Um, There is plenty of things to break down and we are going to analyse it all. We're going to try and find out why it is that we managed to play so well. What's been the difference maker between now, between, sorry, uh, the the City game and now and whether we can continue on this this hot run of form. And um, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. 
we'll have a quick chat about Wimbledon as well. I know we didn't get to watch the game, um, but um, uh-huh. yeah, let's 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 first take it back, uh, take a step back, and talk about the feelings before the game because it's a North London derby. And I don't know about yeah. you, but my experience and my kind of personal rituals in a during North London derby day is, is quite particular. Like I have a set schedule of things that I need to do before I watch a derby, uh, a North London derby. One of Would them being, yeah, absolutely. Is. Absolutely. I was just about to do that. So one of them being making sure my schedule is clear for the whole day because I need to dedicate my kind of emotional side and just all my concentration and focus on this game. Um, and that was really out the window. So I didn't get to really stick to that part because I had a family kind of lunch that I had to attend to. There was like no way of backing out of it. This was pre-planned, yeah. pre-arranged for the last two weeks. I remember my mum first coming to me, letting me know that there is a lunch um, kind of gathering, make sure that you're free. I checked the calendar to make sure to see whether Arsenal were playing or not. And lo and behold, it was the <laughs> Derby. So I gave her that kind of that deaf look, but I couldn't say no, I couldn't um, back out of it. So look, today was a weird day for me because my uh, my grandparents, well, they're not really my grandparents. They're kind of my grandparents. Long story short, my grandparents live in King's Cross, which is um, a very short walk away from the Emirates. One of my cousins who was coming um, to the lunch, he had booked his tickets to go to the North London Derby. And he's been pushing me all week. Oh, try and get a ticket, try and get a ticket, try and get a ticket. And I've been really adamant not to buy a ticket because as you know, I am trying to make a firm statement against the Cronkies to not invest any money. Um, But today I decided after, you know, a little bit of persisting, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to make an exception. If I'm going to go to any game, it's going to be a North London Derby game because, um, whether I buy a ticket or not is it's irrelevant. This this game of this kind of magnitude is always going to be sold out. I don't think I'm going to make any impact by deciding not to buy a ticket. So um, I went on Arsenal.com. I went to check out the uh, number of tickets were available because, as you know, on match days, um, a lot of uh, a lot of fans put their tickets up for exchange. They put it on ticket exchange. So um, high probability of getting a ticket. And I'm still in two minds though, because as, as I'm driving down to my grandparents, um, I know at the back of my head that I've got a couple of things that I need to do today. I need to a watch the game with full concentration, and you know make sure that I'm internalizing everything that I'm watching. And number two, the yeah. podcast. The podcast is very very important to me because it gives us a chance to kind of um, unravel our thoughts, and also it allows others to listen to this and be able to um, get whatever they get out of it. Because you know, you know, I don't want to make us seem like you know we are this huge corporation, but we do have a listenership, right? We have a we have a, an audience who expect um, these episodes. So I wanted to make sure that we were recording these episodes as quickly as possible and to be able to release it out to people as well as as soon as possible. So those kind of things were in my head. And also, you know, if you don't know, I make movies on uh, every week on YouTube. So I've got that kind of to edit. Um, I found a couple of tickets available and I was so close to purchasing one. In fact, um, I was just about to enter my card details when I thought, hmm, maybe I should wait to see if any other tickets come up, come available. So there was one for like 91 pounds. That was the one that I was going to purchase. And then I thought, no, um, I've seen some others for like 75, 60 pounds. 
maybe something will come up. And then I ended up not buying it. I ended up just saying, you know what, I will just go home early, watch the game, and then I can come and record the podcast with you. So um, yeah. yeah, my whole ritual kind of went out of the window, but usually North London Derby days are days where I don't have any schedule. If I'm living, when I used to live in North London, it was a day where um, you'd get your Arsenal top on, you'd go down to um, either Finsbury Park or Holloway Road, and you'd kind of get involved in the festivities. And as I was yeah. driving down to my grandparents, I was obviously driving through Highbury and you could just feel it. There was there was a kind of an atmosphere, you know, and Derby days are always special because not because of the fact that we're playing Tottenham, but because you can feel it in the area. You can feel it in the yeah. community. You see the people around you with their Arsenal tops on, everyone's uh, getting a bite to eat or they're at the pub or, you know, they're just kind of getting together. And that's the special part. It's the fact that fans get to get together as a family, as a unit. Um, and yeah, as I was driving past, I could just see it. I could feel it. I could smell it. Um, and I was just imagining if I had bought a ticket, being able to walk down to the Emirates with, you know, the, the, the sounds of the crowd behind me, the smell of the sizzling sausages um, on the barbecue, people selling scarves, your odd person trying to sell you a fake ticket. You know, I, I, I live for those kind of moments. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, you get that all the time. You get you get your odd person trying to sell you a ticket. Whether they're fake or not, who knows? But, you know, nine times out of ten, it does seem like, it does seem a little bit suspicious if they're just selling it on the street. But, um, yeah, so those are my kind of rituals. If I'm living in yeah. North London, I'm out and about and I'm making sure that I'm kind of in my local... Um, not pub, but we have this, um, it is a pub, but basically at the back of the pub, they have like a really nice garden and they have like really big, massive TV screens and all the Arsenal fans get together there and watch the game. And it's a really, really nice sort of occasion. But in in, in, in the last few years, it's been kind of spent indoors because of COVID and stuff. Um, yeah. What about you? Do you have any like special rituals? I don't, man. I've, well, I've just, you know, I, I try and make sure, as you say, everything is free. So I'm nothing, I'm not, plan to go out anyway luckily we went out yesterday so yeah it frees up to, it frees up the day so you don't really have to do anything on sunday so i've just been on the computer playing some games football manager is always my go-to yeah i don't know uh i just i just like playing it when it's when there's a game on how, um, how, how are you feeling during the day? Because I don't know about you, but me, I get really agitated, really like fidgety. Uh, and that's why that's why I try to make sure that I'm not around anyone or I don't have anything going on because I'm a handful yeah, to deal with. Like I'm a real mess. The, I'm like a nervous wreck. The morning when I, when I woke up, because I woke up pretty late today, I think um, 11 o'clock. Yeah, I had a lion. Yeah. Um, but I woke up and the first thing I thought was Arsenal posted in a video... Like a t- like you know when they post you know like a pump up video yeah. and they go oh yeah. North London Derby day and then I was like oh right it's today isn't it man because, you know because you sometimes you zone out for a bit and you forget that you actually have a game on and then I was like oh because obviously you've been to sleep so you don't really know yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I was like oh it's today isn't it and I was like oh no and then you know that that feeling of oh that's re- this is really happening isn't it it's today yeah. for for four thirty you know we have to win. Uh, from then on, yeah, I've obviously put the shirt on. I'm wearing quite an old shirt today. I'm wearing the Puma one from, you know, the uh, black and black and pink. Ah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, a nice one. Yeah, I bought, I bought that one out, and uh, yeah, just chilled, just chilled, ready for the game, and went to and then when when it started at like four o'clock. 
went into the living room and watched the game with my dad and my family. So nice. it was good. Um, okay, cool. Let's talk about the starting 11. Because as you know, the starting yeah. 11 does get announced an hour before kickoff. <coughs> I kind of saw it uh, as I was driving home um, about half an Sorry hour. Sorry for out. the cough, by the way. I know it's a bit annoying. No, 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 uh, no. You're fine, man. You cough away. If you need to cough, you cough. <laughs> um, but yeah, starting 11 wise, let's give me your kind of your instant reaction. What were you expecting and what was the kind of reality of what we got? Yeah, man, I think it was, I think what I was expecting was was pretty much, you know, what everyone was expecting. Um, I mean, Jacqueline after the suspension, I, I, I see people calling for Sambi and, you know, don't start Xhaka because, you know, he's a, he's a somewhat of a liability. But today, he had a, he had a pretty decent game. Mm. Um, so I, I always think that it, 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 he's going to happen because Xhaka is one of those players that you want in your team in terms of leadership and all the rest of it. Mm. And he's played most North London derbies that he's been in. So to take him out today would be a little bit of an odd one. But um, the other one was Ramsdale because Arteta did make a claim a couple of weeks ago when he said, or there was a thing that came out a couple of weeks ago that said, then I'm just going to get the start for North London derby. That was proved untrue. That was pure uh, press speculation. And the other one was Pepe. Um, From recent performances, I can kind of... What I've gathered from social media in those games that have not been on TV, uh, the three o'clockers, that he's that he has been a little bit um, underwhelming in the last few games. Mm. So I can kind of understand the the intent of that to take him out and put um, who did you refer, who replaced him? Uh, it was uh, who it was, replaced Pepe? It was yeah, um, so yeah. So I think Saka. Saka was right wing and the Millsmith was left. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it he it was replaced by the goal scorer and um you know, I kind of think I don't want to say it, but I kind of think Pepe's time is going to be up soon if he doesn't start playing regularly. If if it means mm. after this performance that Pepe stays out, I can really see I don't I can really see them actively or if not kind of flirting with the idea of selling him uh, because I don't think he he's going to get the chance to be quite honest if he's not starting against Tottenham in games like that when we just won 3-1 with the the team we went with I'm not sure he's going to get a chance because surely the, the, the team that was out today has to be the way forward I know Xhaka may have another injury mm. so that's where Stambi will come in uh, but other than that, no one else really got injured or had any problems. So I think that that's the team we go forward with for the games against Brighton and, and, and such. But uh, yeah, that's the only two. Those are the only two players that three players that I thought could be changing. But the rest were pretty much self-explanatory. Same back four um, of Tommy Asu, Gabriel, White, and Tierney. Um, <coughs> Yeah, and the Bamiang I expected to start because obviously captain, you know, yeah, has been putting in some good performances, not really scoring the goals, but obviously he got one today. But he's been putting in some performances with his hold up playing and different different play in the last few games, and um, yeah, I just think it's a, it will be um, not not a mistake, but it will be kind of weird not to see him in a North London derby considering. He didn't start the last one. He, he didn't start the last one either. It's mm. lateness. So yeah, pretty so pretty pretty happy with the lineup to be honest. Yeah, I'll just echo what you said. I mean, um, 
the, the for me the 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 number one surprise was seeing Ramsdale there because it was I was a little bit unsure to be honest you know with kind of rumors that Leno would be back in and uh, yeah. considering I mean th- it is going to be quite interesting to see what happens between Leno and Ramsdale I think at this point it is pretty certain it does it does look like Ramsdale will be our starting goalkeeper because of the form that he's been on and the fact that we're hearing strong reports that Leno will be leaving next season. So, but it is, it is still a surprise, even though it, I guess the kind of, to see it, to see it manifest um, yeah. is, is, you know, kind of shocking. We've, we've managed to drop um, our starting keeper, someone who has saved us for a number of different games for a very long time. He's been integral to the system. And now all of a sudden, this young kind of 23-year-old kid comes in and takes him out of the game. Yeah, yeah. So it is surprising, but it was a good surprise. So I was glad to see that. Uh, The back four for me has to stay the same from now on. And I think ever since they played together against uh, Norwich, I was pretty confident that this is is the back line that um, will kind of solidify their, their starting place yeah. And this is the start. These are the these are the players who will be um, solidifying Arsenal's defensive capabilities, kind of thing. So yeah, um, yeah, I was happy, and I expected to see Tommy uh, White, Gabriel, and Tierney uh, in midfield. There was a bit of a shock to see Shaka, although I did kind of expect it. But at the back of my mind, yeah. I was hoping not to not to see it. Um, ultimately, I do understand why he took you know, uh, uh, Sambi's place. Sambi's very young. This is a North London derby. And in order to play a North London derby, there is a certain level of um, uh, intensity that you need to play up, but also yeah. there, there is a certain kind of mindset that you need approaching that game. You need to be calm. You need to be composed, but at the same time, you need to push your body 100%. So it makes sense to play Shaka yeah, for Sambi. But I know... Yeah how much of a liability uh, Shaka can be. So it is almost it is almost as risky to play Shaka as it would be to play Sambi. Having said that, yeah, look, the, the risk paid off. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but at times you could see that, you can kind of see that liability creeping out because he was, I think uh, Shaka was very lucky today to not... Um, yeah, to not at least pick up a yellow card. Yeah, for some of the tackles he was doing. But having said that, I do think he was, he was pretty... Uh, when it when he was called on and when he when it, when he needed to do stuff when he needed to do stuff, uh, he did it. Yeah, and um, it was, it's a shame that he he had to go off injured. I don't know what that means for him um, because it, it did look kind of a bad injury. Yeah, it did look I think it was really his ankle, injury. wasn't it? I'm not sure what it was. It might be something to do with his knee. Um, but uh, Mora fell onto his kind of standing leg, and yeah, I don't know. It didn't look good. It does. It does look like something's been pushed out of place, um, yeah. or something's been damaged. A bone has been damaged, or I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as a, a physiotherapist, so I don't know. No. But um, yeah, but it, it it didn't look good. Having said that, though, it was really nice to see the fans clapping him off, considering yeah. he he divides us so much. Um, it was nice to see everyone kind of standing behind him and yeah. Um, but so, not yeah. only him, the whole entire team, the whole entire team, no matter the agendas that we well not agendas, but no matter the opinions that we have of some players, mm. everyone, all the fans were behind each other today. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the only way. That's the only way forward. Everyone needs to be united. Everyone needs to fight for the same 
or sing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, and also the fans need a round of applause because they were brilliant today. I haven't heard the, yeah. the Emirates rocking like that for a minute. Like that it was so refreshing because because when you associate the Emirates with uh, any other kind of stadium, it's it's unique because it's so quiet and it's so kind of like hush hush you know we all want to watch a football game but today it was rowdy it was loud it was aggressive you made this we made the Spurs fans look a little bit kind of like uh, I don't know the little man you know yeah man and that's what that's exactly you know that's exactly the part we need to play we need from this moment on we need to make sure that the Empress is a fortress and hopefully we can we can do that in games to come yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, as, as you said, very happy, relatively happy with the starting 11. Um, in, in terms yeah. of Pepe for Emil Smith-Rowe, I kind of expected that as well. Having said yeah. that, in hindsight, not in hindsight, sorry, at the beginning of the, just before the game kicked off, um, I, I said that I would have liked to have seen Pepe in the starting 11 because his pace and his kind of directness um, during, you know, attacking transition is something that could have benefited us. But but um, equally, I do understand why Emil Smith-Rowe replaced him in a game like this. It's really, and in the style of football that we was playing as well, because tactically, um, what Arteta, I think, was trying to do was play really quick, transitional, counter-attacking football on the field. So yeah. with the ball on the grass, playing, playing short passes, interchanging between the likes of Odegaard, Partey, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. And with, with Pepe, you get a little bit more, you kind of get a, a bit more, the momentum of the game kind of slows down a little bit because he picks up the ball. He likes to run down the byline and kind of stops and then it kills off the 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 speed of the play, the speed and tempo of the play. So, um, yeah, Arteta made the right call there by putting Emil Smith Rowe in because he got a goal and he yeah. got an assist and he got man of the match. Um, so let's talk about the game now because the first yeah. sort of 10, 15 minutes, um, it was all Arsenal, really. Yeah. I think Arsenal dominated Dominant. the game from the very first kick of the ball. Yeah, and can I just say before we before we start, I meant I was watching Arteta's press conference. Uh, midweek and he said something that really resonated with me and, and, and really proved right today he said I will tell them I will tell the players or I will make sure that the players know what it means to be in a North London derby mm. and God did he tell them because he did he must have said he must have said something or or, get, or or got really really into it because he did he the way they came out today Jesus Christ I've never seen that before yeah and uh, I agree um because we always start games like drab and slow and and kind of yeah you know kind of back and forth but today dominant all Arsenal in the first half of the game yeah because what usually happens is that Arsenal do start the game the first 10 minutes is okay like we can we do have the ability to possess keep the ball try and create some goal scoring opportunities but then after that once we after the first 10-15 minutes of a game we do kind of fade away a little bit and that that frustrates me because it shows it shows a side that has kind of a weak mentality, um, not being able to dominate games for a long period for long periods of time to 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 get a goal. It seems as if that if Arsenal don't score a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes, then you know we're looking at the opposition slowly coming back in and then we're playing catch up. But thankfully, after you know a very good 10, 15 minutes of football, um, and I have to say 
even when Tottenham were kind of uh, play, even when they did have the ball and when they tried to push into our final third, Tommy Yasu and Ben White, Gabriel as well, were brilliant. Um, and yeah. I, I really want to talk about our defence and how 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 much this transformation in defence has helped us kind of yeah. dominate uh, these games. Yeah, go on. I I, I think I, I think I've figured something out now. Yeah. That I mentioned during the game, just just you know when you when you kind of speak your own thought, when you kind of speak your own thoughts and stuff like that, and I think Gary Neville, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, it's really annoying. Uh, Gary Neville picked up on it as well um, because Tomiyasu is primarily a centre back and not exactly a right back. I think it really does help because we can, if we want to, we can shift in that back three. When 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 originally it was supposed to be a back four, so you have that kind of, you know, if you need it to be a back three, you can kind of Tommy Asu can then step back, and then Ben White can. It really does help Ben White out because you know you can have that that dynamic where one goes forward, one goes back, and then um, because I don't think I don't think um, in well, where did he play before in Bologna. Yeah, I don't think Tommy Asu played as a right back. I think he predominantly played as a central defender, mm. and because he's now been shifted up to right back, he obviously knows he obviously knows that he obviously knows that central central position, so he can move back into a back three. And then if we wanted to change to, if we wanted to change back to a back four during the game, just just go back to right back. So I, I think it really does help the other defenders out when you know we 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 come under the counter attack and. What what I'm yeah what I'm trying to say is when we come on the counter attack, and you know, Tommy Asu is a, Tommy is a I'm going to start calling him Tommy now because that's a handful. <laughs> Tommy is a, Tommy is a, um, right back, and we we're kind of struggling. Uh, Tommy can just literally move move a couple of inches to the side and become a centre back, which allows us to then then move the uh, get 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 the ball out and then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what I'm, you mean. I, I know what you mean. I don't think I'm very well. No, 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 no. Uh, you hit you hit the nail on the head. It's it's really Tommy, I I I do I really do believe this, and I I'm kind of reluctant to say it, but I'm gonna say it because I know it's only been a few games, but I do believe from what I've seen, Tomiyasu is the missing piece of this defensive puzzle. Um not only does he allow us to build up from the back. He's he's been quite integral, what I can see, because he's a, he's a right sided he's a right sided centre back and a right back now. Yeah, that's now yeah he now allows us to efficiently build up play from the back and to beat the press because you know if there's one thing that I've realised one integral part of playing out from the back is that you need to beat the press. Um, there's no point playing out from the back if you just pass it around for fun and then try and find an opening. You need to try and get your opposition to press, to build up a press so that they put pressure on you and you need to try and beat that line, that first line, in order to um, open up space for Part A and Shaka in midfield who then will push the ball forward uh, to Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka, and then to Aubameyang. So, and and and, and what Tomiyasu does really well is that he, because he's a right-sided centre-back and he's a right-back, he knows 
where to be at what time. And he kind of allows, he, he kind of takes the pressure on his shoulders and allows everyone else to kind of relax around him. Um, but not only that, he's absolutely brilliant in the air. So yeah. in the first 10 minutes where Spurs were trying to throw long balls over the top, there was no way that they were going to find Son or Kane because you had Ben White there, Gabriel and Tomiyasu. And as a right yeah. back who can, who can play centre back with long balls going over the top, You've got three really tall defenders who are really good in the air. Um, and so that's why Son and Kane were, were quiet. And it was really like, it was really strange to see Spurs play in such a one dimensional kind of way. It almost reminded me of what kind of Burnley were trying to throw at us when we were playing against them. Um, and look, it yeah. didn't it didn't work. They quickly fizzled out of the game, and we didn't have to wait very long before the first goal. I think what was it, uh, twelve thirteen? <laughs> yeah, the, the twelfth minute where Emil Smith Rowe yeah. got his goal. I want to talk about this goal um, because I think this yeah. this epitomised the footballing IQ of these players, and it epitomises exactly what I'm what I'm speaking about, which is beating the press and making sure that you create enough space in the middle for Shaka and Partey, who can then create, um, who can then you know um, build on the attacking play to create dangerous goal scoring opportunities. So, I don't know if you've got the goal up, but I have. Um, I have. But yeah, um, so I mean, I can see Shaka picks up the ball, plays a really nice kind of flick uh, forward to Emil, sorry, to Odegaard. And, you know, I have to talk about Odegaard as well after this. I think he was integral in all three goals. He was absolutely pitch perfect today. Um, but Odegaard yeah. picks up the ball. He plays out. I mean, at, at, at the point, just before he passes it out to Saka, I was quite <coughs> frustrated yeah. because I wanted him to play it directly down the line to try and get a Bamiyang in behind. Um, but he was yeah. clever enough to notice that Saka was open on the right-hand side, plays the ball out to Saka. And I think it took the Spurs players out by a little bit of surprise because I don't think they expected um, Odegaard to play out wide to Saka. So Saka picks up the ball. Um, he takes a little shimmy out to the left, out to the right. And then he puts in a brilliant ball. Uh, before he be before he releases, I don't know about you, but I'm expecting him to put a ball into the back post to find a Bamiyang. But rather yeah. than doing that, I don't know how he managed to see it in the corner of his eye, because I certainly didn't. And I'm usually quite sharp in these kind of things. But he, yeah. he, he manages to see Emil Smith-Rowe running in from behind, just in front of Odegaard. And I, and I think, you know, and I think this, this, this ball that, um, Saka plays into the box isn't going to be talked about as enough as it should be because the pass that he plays is such an it's so it's such an unorthodox kind of pass um that really he should be either trying to play it at the back post to Aubameyang or to the feet of Odegaard because Odegaard is the is the player in front of Emil Smith-Rowe who is open he's not being marked by anyone and so it should be Odegaard that receives that ball but rather than playing it to Odegaard he realises that um, Emil Smith-Rowe is also he doesn't he, he's also um, free he doesn't have anyone marking yeah. him but also it's the kind of surprise element where no one is watching him. No one knows that he's going to be running in across the face of goal. So he does that and it's a really smart, neat finish. Um, and in the first 12 minutes, I'm screaming my head off. It's 1-0 to Arsenal and I'm thinking to myself, right, we have got a goal in the first 15 minutes. We are now going to be um, playing with a lot less pressure. 
because it's especially of a game of this kind of magnitude you you need to get in that first goal whatever team gets that first goal is such a sigh of like it's, it's such a sigh of relief that yeah. it helps that it helps you to kind of play the the game in a tempo which is far more relaxed and gives you a little bit more confidence on the ball yeah sure i agree uh, i i'm just watching that game again. i'm just watching that goal again in that pass it's such I, a good pass, mate. It's like eye of the I, needle kind of thing. Because I don't even think Saka actually meant to pass that ball into Odom, into Emil Smith Rowe. Because no one knows that Smith Rowe is going to make that run. It's only after yeah. that Saka makes that pass, then Smith Rowe decides to make that run. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think this might be something they've worked on. Mm. You know, teams do work on little tiny, you know, deceiving runs like that where people don't really see it coming. Um and oh my god, it is the, the play in on that goal was was just, was just if you could, you could if you could eat it you would uh if 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 a, if a play could be eaten up you know you'd you'd snap it you'd snap it up but yeah the the play was great I don't know why I didn't use that analogy because <laughs> that's a bit weird um but yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Okay, so we're 1-0 up and we don't have to wait too long to get our second. I think like 10, 15 minutes uh-uh. after that. But... I got that pass as well. Oh yeah, my word. I know. I, and we'll talk about that goal in a second. But before we scored yeah. that goal, um, I don't know, sometimes in a game like this, where it's a, it's a derby, a North London derby especially, when you get that first goal, I, I tend to associate Arsenal to be, like I said, quite a naive side that when they do get the first goal, they kind of, sit back, decide to sit back um, and allow themselves to kind of soak up the game a little bit more before they uh, go back onto the third gear. But this time, after they scored the first goal, Tottenham looked so shell-shocked, they couldn't even get the ball out of their own half. And I think that made it even more easier, even more easier, I think that made it more easier for Arsenal to... Um, take advantage of the situation and play their game. Uh, yeah. Tottenham was so bad. I mean, players like Harry I've Kane never, and Son. To be yeah. fair, I've never seen Tottenham that bad. Mm. From for the for you know even under Pochettino and Nuno, you know they're in trouble. I think and um, three defeats on the bounce. I don't know if you saw that stat in the second half. They're bottom of every yeah, stat. bottom of yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I mean, um, it's it yeah. is, but but uh, sometimes when you come into a North London derby and you've lost your last two games, this is the kind of game that you need in order to kind of pick yourselves back up. This is the perfect opportunity for you to 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 turn the ship the other way around and build some momentum. Um yeah. but I, I and I don't I don't think it's purely down to the fact that Tottenham was so bad. I, I was I was watching the game obviously and I I know I was noticing small things that were making um I guess that were kind of nullifying Tottenham's tactical approach to the game uh some of the attacking kind of play that they wanted to uh implement into the game they couldn't because arsenal were playing quite a high line so i guess it was it's difficult for them to um pass the ball in and around it's difficult for them to play uh, in a in a counter-attacking style without playing long balls and that that was all they were kind of 
minimized to playing long balls over the top. But I noticed today that we have some incredible players to deal with long balls. Like I said, Tomiyasu is one of them who was absolutely incredible. One of my contenders for man of the match. My man of the yeah. match would have went to either Odegaard or, to, or Tomiyasu. I think Tomiyasu was brilliant to keep Son out of the game. Not only that, he was really integral in... Uh, the counter-attacking side of things when we were playing, progressing the the football, the attacking football going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, the the boys at the back, Ben White and Gabriel, keeping Harry Kane really quiet. Um, they, they they got quite frustrated, I think, in like the 25th minute where they, Harry Kane had some really wild effort um, from long yeah. range, like a 30-yard shot. And um, yeah, it was never going in. But look, part A, part a had a long shot just after the first goal, almost scored. Odegaard had another shot, um, another chance, sorry, where uh, Aubameyang, uh, Aubameyang has a long shot, just goes over the bar. Um, and again, in both of those, Odegaard is at the key and he's fundamental to the build-up play. Um, just before we talk about the second goal, actually, let's talk about the second goal and then we can talk about some players um, who are kind of crucial to, to to giving us those first two goals. Um, yeah, sure. Do you want to talk us through the, the second I goal? I can do. I, I can do, actually, because it's just about to pop on my screen now. Right. So this, this, this from here um, was the first. So the first bit I noticed is that obviously the foul on, I think it was, was it? Xhaka did some... Xhaka um... uh, on Hoibieg, um yeah. was kind of 50-50. I mean, we can... We can I don't know. What, what, what would you say about that tackle? I didn't, I didn't think he touched him, to be fair. Mm. I didn't think he touched him. But, um, you know. I think, what, I think what happened here was that Shaka's, yeah. Shaka's momentum, because he's, his body weight is going forward, right? His momentum is to go forward and to try and get the ball. <laughs> if you look at it in slow motion, Shaka does clip Hoybierg's feet, but in doing so, he wins the ball. So before yeah. Hoybier gets to the ground, Shaka's won the ball. Um, it, like I said, it could have gone anyway. It could have went either way. But in my opinion, I think that it was a very smart piece of physical defending. Um, Ramsdale caught himself, can count himself a bit of a lucky boy um, because that pass was maybe a fraction too slow. Um, maybe yeah. a second off but having said that I mean that's something I love about um, Ramsdale he's so good at um, playing the ball on his feet um, yeah. he is he does like to take a bit of a risk but you know nine times out of ten those risks pay off so yeah I, I think that was a fair bit of tackling from Granite Shaka. yeah uh, and then obviously we go forward uh, hold on a second let me just rewind um, so you see the tackle, Xhaka gets the ball, then passes it to, I think, Emil Smith-Rowe, then it comes to Tierney, and then I think it was a flick from Aubameyang yeah. that set through um, Emil Smith-Rowe, and then Emil Smith-Rowe runs down that, runs down that, runs down that, you know, that side, passes it to Aubameyang, and then Aubameyang coolly slots home with a, with an absolute, with a, with a great goal. And I, for me, that that flick, we were we were bringing out the party tricks today. Yeah. And you know the the all the flicks, the you know the, you know all the skills, we were really as it were taking the piss, and uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it uh, because we haven't done that in a while. 
um, where we've been. I don't even heard Olays in the first half. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great. Um, what? And uh, Aubameyang also doing that iconic Thierry Henry uh, celebration in front of Thierry Henry. <laughs> what the cheek, man! Yeah, yeah. A perfect afternoon, uh, all in all. But when you associate North London derby goals, I don't know about you, um, but I think about goals from. Um, obviously, you know, Thierry Henry, incredible run, um, incredible long distance run. I think about um, Torreira's goal as well. Um, yeah. I think about, uh, yeah, of course, uh, you have to think about Aubameyang's goals. Um, that first, uh, one of the first goals that he scored in the in that Puma kit. Um, great little finish. Alex Lacazette's goal. Obviously, we lost that game. And this is going to be one of those goals that are gonna, that's going to go down in history as one of the finest North London derby goals um, because yeah. it has everything you need to display beautiful football that needs to be that should be played everywhere. Um, it's 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 quick, it's yeah. scintillating, it's all about teamwork, it's all about um, how the game should be played. It, it almost reminded me of Wenger Ball, like it was so similar to the way that Wenger would have wanted Arsenal to play. You know, yeah, man. Back when he was and, in charge, uh, yeah, and it's been a while since we've seen that kind of, that kind of play. And um, it's so know, fast, it is so quick. Like it's from one end to the other, from Shackle winning the ball to then uh, Emil Smith Rowe playing a, a lovely little pass into Tierney. Tierney plays the pass into Bamiya. Bamiyang's flick over the top, uh, backflip to to Emil Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe races into the box, pulls a pass back. And by the way, that is again another intelligent pass back because he doesn't need to pass it into Bamiyang. And this is where we have to start realizing and recognizing how far this Arsenal squad has come because it, a couple of seasons ago, even last season, if Arsenal were in that position, you'd think maybe that Smith Rowe will try and play the ball across the face of goal to find Odegaard or Saka but where this team has come such a long way and where this team has learnt so much um, that he doesn't he chooses not to play the ball he, does, he chooses not to take the easy option he looks in the corner of his eye he sees a Bamiyang open slots a pass in and the finish is just you know so Aubameyang-esque you know um, yeah, and uh, it's, it's everything that you you kind of you expect Arsenal to. It's 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 the Arsenal DNA, really, isn't it? It's the Arsenal world. It's the Arsenal world. You know, I I, I saw glimpses of. It was like I went back in time. I saw glimpses of like the old Arsenal, obviously Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, all of all of the all of the great players that you associate. Yeah, with. really. I mean, you're you're bang on the you're bang on the money there because you know the Invincibles. They only needed two to three passes to get the ball from one end of the pitch to the other. Now, granted, yeah. it was a lot more than that, but it was just silkiness, just a yeah. pure pleasure. You know, all the all yeah all the all the all the greats that you associate with Arsenal Football Club came back in, 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 in some form of these players today because the, the, the passes, the skill, the, and the will not to give in because we didn't give in. And that's what I love. That's what I love because I, I always feel that we need to be ruthless. You know, you see oh, these old clips on Sky Sports of other North London derbies when there's literal punch-ups on the pitch. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't really want to go that far, but... A little bit of a little bit of you know 
grit, you know? Grit and determination. And and that uh, that goal that Aubameyang scored was everything. It was a team goal. And uh, it was it was brilliant. There was a moment, I think, I don't know whether it was before this goal or maybe a little bit afterwards, where Aubameyang's up against Sanchez and kind of Sanchez allows the ball to roll out for a goal kick and then Aubameyang kind of pushes Sanchez onto the floor. And yeah. it was so unlike Aubameyang. It's something that you just don't associate with him because he's such a, he is the nice guy, you know. he It's, it's so frustrating to watch such a skilled player be so nice and be allowed to be pushed around the amount of times that he does. But when I saw that, I thought, oh my God, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see more of that, especially in games like this. You need to show these, you need to show this team that you're playing up against who they're playing up against, you know? And you also need to show that you're the captain of this ship, right? And you also need to show that I will be the one that steps in. It was a real captain's performance though, wasn't it? Yeah. Because... Today, I think he showed the he showed why I don't know how I'm gonna word this because before I've been you know Aubameyang shouldn't be captain, but if he keeps playing like that and shows the exact same performances and stuff like that, then by all means have the armband. If you keep you know that when I saw that the the moment you were just talking about, my I kind of went, huh. Like, because you don't associate that with a Bamian. Yeah, know? he doesn't like. He doesn't throw people to the floor in like in that way, and it was kind of really weird to see. But you know, I think finally you know. now Bamian gets it. I think he's finally beginning to understand what it means to play for Arsenal, but also what it means to hold the burden and responsibility of being the captain of Arsenal. And you could see that this was the first performance that I've seen of Bamian. Um, since taking the, the 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 captaincy, where he has justified it, because the yeah. constant chasing, the constant um, being the first to the ball, being at the forefront of attacking play, uh, I think it was the third goal. It might have been Sack. It might have been no, not Saka's goal. It's Saka's goal. Was it Sack? Was it the first goal or the second goal? Where it was Abamyang's movement that allows. Um, the space to open up for... <laughs> I think it might have been... Yes, it was, it was. So I, sh- I should have mentioned this, but in the first goal, this is something I noticed immediately from Aubameyang. He was just so sharp today and so like, I don't know, just intelligent in the way that he was running and trying to create space. But when we're building up um, the, the attacking play... Uh, for the first goal, Emil Smith-Rowe has the ball and then Aubameyang kind of slits, kind of, he's in between, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure who those defenders are. I think it might be um, uh, Regulon and the other guy, I've got his name, so irrelevant. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so and then, and then the ball's played to Saka and then what Aubameyang does, as soon as Saka receives the ball, Aubameyang goes I think it's Dyer, yeah. He 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 goes from standing in front of Dyer to then running in behind Dyer to create that a bit of space there, that pocket of space in the middle for Emil Smith-Rowe to run into. And that's what creates the first goal. And it was things like that that really impressed me about his performance today, especially in that first half. It was, like you said, it was a lot of grit. It was the right type of aggression. And it was sharpness. It was just making yeah. sure that he was fully concentrated and 
whenever we got the ball, he was ready to pounce on to any loose balls um, or any or any long balls that were coming into his feet, into his direction. Um, so look, we're 2-0 up now. We're cruising. What are you thinking at the moment, uh, just following the, the, the second goal when we, when we, when we put ourselves 2-0 well, up? Um, more of the same to start off with. Um, and what, how the hell has this happened? Um, because, you know, a few weeks ago, obviously we were last. And now we're playing like with with Barcelona from you know yeah. years gone by, and um, I was just I was just, you know when you, when they say live in the moment that is what you need to do in the in games like this. I, I was not really thinking that far ahead towards the end of the game or how we, how we're going to close this out. I was just living in the moment because it's not often that Arsenal fans get to experience stuff like this. Being three and up against Tottenham hasn't happened in a while. Mm. obviously we've had COVID so fans haven't been in the stadium for an North London derby so I was just kind of drinking in the situation from the best place that I could which was obviously a home I'd lo- I would have loved to have been there today I and really then, wish I bought that ticket and went because <laughs> um, I missed out on a hell of a derby yeah um, but yeah I, I was just living in the moment and, and just enjoying it I wasn't really thinking, oh, how are we going to close this out? Or what if they score? Or what if they get a penalty from VAR? You know, yada, yada, yada. I was just thinking, oh, let let me just enjoy this because this rarely happens. So right now, right then I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the moment. Let's get to halftime. Let's, you know, reevaluate and and, and go again. And uh, that's what we did do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, more, yeah, go, go on. Yeah, no, sorry, mate. I was just going to make the point that I think, because, you know, I, I got to thinking as you were speaking, um, being able to be so relaxed, just watching the game and enjoying the moment. I think one of the things that really, one of the things that has improved in our squad this season compared to last season um, that has allowed us to be comfortable, that has allowed us to enjoy football games um, where we're not sat on the edge of our seats and we're not expecting Arsenal to slip up <coughs> is the defence. The defensive yeah. line has gone from a 2 out of 10 to a 7 out of 10 in the space of one window. And I, I think the, the, the transformation has been so immense, has been so extreme, and I hope I'm not kind of over-exaggerating, but... I just feel, I just feel like I don't need to worry about teams hitting us on the counter attack or later as the ninety minutes during the ninety minutes causing us many problems because the competency level of these players is of pretty high standard. So far, yeah. we can identify Ramsdale as being a really good shot stopper, but also being a really good distributor of the ball as well. He's he's comfortable yeah. with the ball at his feet. He knows when to play the ball out to to, to what player. Um, he, yeah. He's not phased under pressure as well. You've got Kieran Tierney, who is someone who, okay, <coughs> albeit might not have the best defensive abilities in him, but offensively playing the ball out from the back, he is as comfortable. He is as comfortable on the ball as anybody else. Gabriel so far prove has proved uh, up until this point has has proven to me that he is one of the best defenders in the Premier League. Period. Um, of, of all the experience that he's got, of all the games that he's played, I think now is the time for us to recognize Gabriel as someone being a really 
good center back and someone in the future who will be um he, 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 I think I think if not at Arsenal then somewhere else he will be a title winning defender um Ben White young 50 million pounds hungry he has been pretty good so far there has been there have been a few kind of hiccups, hiccups hiccupy moments but he's a, he's showing signs of being a top defender as well he's working alongside Gabriel pretty well if you had to pick between holding Mari uh I hate to say it, but Mustafi or Ben White, you'd pick Ben White out of all of them, right? And then obviously you've got Tomiyasu, who so far has shown he is more than capable of filling in as a centre-back, as a right-back, strong in the air, physically, really good. I just remembered remembered a player that you could add to that list, but it would probably still be Ben White. What about um, Gabriel Paulista? Ah yes, yes, yes. That's a good, uh, good name. I mean, I, I did like Gabriel Palista um, at his time. I think we let him go a little bit early, but you know, Ben White can easily be ten times better than someone like Gabriel Palista with yeah. the right mentorship, with the right kind of developmental plan, and the right bit of confidence. I agree, and and the, the you know I've seen people get on Ben White's back a little bit. I mean, over the price tag. If we had paid 30 mil for him, maybe we would be a little bit more acceptant of what we've got. But look, there's no denying that our defensive line, our back four has gone from a two out of 10 to a strong, solid seven out of 10. Because Mm -hmm. in, in the games against Norwich and Burnley, we kept a clean sheet. Against Spurs today, we conceded a goal, but for the most part, we they they put in an absolutely sterling performance. Now, like I said, I don't know whether I don't know whether it's because Spurs were awful or because we were really good at making them look awful. And I tend to think of the latter because when you think about North London derby days, um, form goes out of the window. It's yeah, not it about does. it's not about what you know, how bad you've performed or how well you've performed leading up to the game. It's who turns up at the game and who wants it more. And that first half, Arsenal looked like they just wanted it a little bit more, in fact, a lot more than Spurs did. Um, And it helped, like I said, it really helped with us having such a good bunch of defenders at the back who knew their roles and who knew how to play as a unit, most importantly. You mentioned in that back four, you mentioned Ramsdale. Everyone that abused him, that um, called him out when he was about to sign for us, where are you now? Mm. That's all I'm going to say. Where are you now? Because Ramsdale has to be... I I, I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, Ramsdale has played four four games for Arsenal now, (coughs) maybe five, I don't know. But yeah. in, in all of those games, he has excelled. He has excelled beyond the expectations that fans have had on him. Now he's got I, a long way to go, and there's yeah. no, uh, the, there is, there is no. I guess it would be silly for us to try and um, justify maybe the price tag or justify him as 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 our number one yet, because <laughs> I think we need to give it a little bit more time before we can really you know, start putting it on people who who questioned um the move. But what we can what I can say now is that he's showing real signs of a goalkeeper that Arsenal have been needing since 
layman left. You know, this isn't someone who is young, who is talented, but he has also he 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 also has all the personality traits. It seems like it seems like he has all of the kind of he has all the right type of chemistry, the right types of um, behavioral characteristics to in order to to get him to be uh, a top goalkeeper especially because because I feel like with goalkeepers especially you need to have a a, a really good relationship with your your defensive line with yeah. your back four um and it, it it's not it's not just one of those relationships where you know they respect you where you guys trust each other but there needs to be a bond you know and i can see that with ramsdale i see him that I, I see him forming a really good tight bond with players like white tierney uh gabriel and tomiyasu they all seem like they they kind of they're like a tight bunch the tight yeah, players you know and he doesn't see he doesn't seem he doesn't seem. Um, he doesn't seem like um, the type to. I don't know if you noticed in the second half he had a real. He had a real go at the defenders. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. He can. He can be a. He can be um, a a difficult character when when it when it is needed. But that is what we need. We want. We need a goalkeeper that shouts and, and screams at the defenders when they're not doing. Basically, a captain of the back four, basically. That's it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a reason why, you know, the majority, uh, a lot of captains, a large proportion of captains are goalkeepers. And that's because you need you need to be commanding. You need to have a strong personality. You need to be bold. You need to make sure that your defenders are in place. Um, if you put Leno in there, and, and as good as of a sh- shot stopper he is, and look, let's not... Um, let's not... You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to kind of you know, shoot Leno down or underestimate how good he's been for us. But there are certain personality traits that he doesn't have. Like he seems very feeble. He seems very shy. He seems very to himself when he's, when he's in goal. And that makes me feel even more nervous. Um, when, when, when he's playing with the likes of, you know, Chambers, Holding and Mari, them kind of players, Cedric. (laughs) Whereas now you have a, a group of players who can trust each other and who are competent. I mean, that's the right word. Yeah, and you you know what? I think it's it's just brilliant to see. And even when we were three one up, Ramsdale. I don't know what what, what we did wrong, but I, I saw Ramsdale having a go at someone, and he wasn't just having a go. He wasn't just saying, "Oh, do you do better?" He was literally shouting at the top of his voice, like get in the get in the bloody get in the fucking. I think he actually said, "Yeah, get yeah, the get in the fucking box." box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, 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 it was it was when um, Harry Kane had a shot and he made a save. He pushed the ball out and then Tommy Asu brilliantly cleared it out. I remember yeah. that moment. Um, and yeah, it, it was yeah. You need a goalkeeper in those moments to be vocal and to make sure that everyone is focused, you know, and switched yeah. on. That like, boys, we almost conceded. What's going on? Um, but yeah. yeah, so let's let's talk about the third goal because we haven't finished talking about the first half yet. But the third goal is again. Uh, counter-attacking masterpiece. Harry Kane gifts it on a silver platter for us. Um, obviously, being an Arsenal fan, I'm pretty sure he he meant it as well. But he loses the ball in the final third. I think it is Granite Xhaka, is it, who plays the ball into Odegaard? Odegaard, once again, um, right in the thick of it. He this This bit of play from Odegaard just tells you everything that you need to know about the boy's quality and about how good he is because I don't think fans fully appreciate what we have at our disposal with someone like Odegaard you've got a player 
who not only puts 110% into games, and he did that today, because I felt like Odegaard led the press. Whenever we didn't have the ball, and whenever Spurs had the ball deep in their half, um, and usually what would happen, if Odegaard isn't there, then we would allow teams to play and to build up the play as patiently as possible. But because Odegaard was there, he was leading the press. He was the first one to try and close down Tanganga or Dyer or even Lloris. And they were forced into making mistakes. But not only that, he is back there in deep in our half to make sure that when we do win the ball, he's available to pick it up and he's available to then, uh, you know, create magic. So here's what happens. Shaka plays it into Odegaard. Odegaard, rather than... Uh, passing the ball to Saka or rather than driving forward he stops he moves back and he he sucks two Spurs players into him and he creates the space for um, Emil Smith-Rowe I think that is Emil Smith-Rowe then plays a brilliant ball across to Saka Saka's yeah. got the ball and he gets a little <laughs> bit of luck from the slide tackle but it's the desire it's the desire to make sure that he's got that ball on his, at his feet and um, to continue trying to keep that attacking play alive. And then it's a beautiful slotted shot. Goes past Larice, 3-0 Arsenal, absolutely cruising. Now, I don't know about you, but at that point, I just wanted us to continue scoring more and more. I really hated the thought of us sitting off um, and allowing yeah. them to come back into the game. I just wanted us to have that kind of known... So, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted as well. But, you know, there has to, I, I guess there has to be an element of, of be careful because we're all playing against Spurs and they can just switch it on or whatever, whenever they want. Um, but even then, they, they, they tried to come back into it, but even then, they, they just, there's something about, there's something about, I'm reading it here, uh, Gary Neville said at the, end, at the end of the game, there's something not right with Harry Kane. Yeah. And I can see it. And I know why. I was just about to speak about him, actually, because you're right. His attitude and his body language suggest... I mean, it was very similar to what Aubameyang was showing against Spurs... Uh, sorry, against um, City. Um, it was very kind of lacklustre. It was very, like, not really bothered. Um, and obviously, we, we can read that and we can, you know, extrapolate whatever we want from that. But ultimately, it will be down to um, the, 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 the run of games that they've had and also the fact that he hasn't been allowed to move on. You know, he's made it clear that he wants to move to City. He's made it clear that he, his time at Spurs is done. Levy is, is played the hardball, convinced him to stay. I guess in the back of his mind, he's thinking, right, if you're going to, if you're going to force me to stay and play, I'm going to be a professional and play. I don't think you're convinced either. I just think yeah. it's, it's you're, you're staying, get on with it. Yeah, and, and, and I guess again, in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, right, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. But you know, I'm I'm gonna have this at the back of my mind, and it's gonna distract me from my football, and that's exactly what it's doing. Indeed, so I was just thinking something else. That's right. Um, um, because when my dinner was here, but then I, I didn't want to stop, so I that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, what I'll it down to is very similar to as you said the Bamiang, but Alexis Sanchez as well. Mm. I think did a similar thing when he was about to leave. Um, yeah. He just seemed disinterested. And you know what I would be too if, if I really wanted to move that much and I'm being forced to play where I don't want to play. 
And I, I, it must it must really hurt him saying, oh, City's doing well with Jack Greenish and da, 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 da. And they don't Man City don't really have a recognised striker. So he would want, apart from Jesus, but he would want to be that guy that replaces Aguero, but obviously can't happen mm. because either mm. Levy has said no or they didn't come up with the money. Mm. And, you know, mm. it's it's just... I've never seen Harry Kane take a shot from, you know, Partey. Yeah, 30 yards or, out. I mean, really <coughs> strange and bizarre, you know? And his face was just emotionless. Like, you can tell, like... He, he was kind of pushing himself, forcing himself to show a front. I mean, the, 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 when the final whistle went and he, he, he was clapping his fans, you know that he was doing that out of professionalism. He just wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. He doesn't care that Spurs yeah. lost 3-1. That didn't hurt him. Players that were hurt were players like Lucas Moura and Son. He probably, loved, like that. He probably, he probably loved it because he's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the first half is basically Arsenal dominating, scoring three three goals, embarrassing Tottenham, um, also demonstrating how strong we are in midfield and in defence. I've always said that Arsenal are really good at attacking. We we have historically been amazing at creating goal-scoring opportunities and playing silky football and scoring goals and having magnificent strikers like Robin Van Persie, hate to say it, Adebayor, hate to say it. Um, Olivier Giroud hate to say it but you know as long but we're having those players we've always we've always faltered in other areas like in midfield and in defence but now we don't need to worry about having an average uh, defence because I feel like we're we're shaping up to have a really good defence we've got a really good midfield one or the other I think it's always been one or the other yeah you know, we either decide to invest in the defence and we, we neglect the attack or we 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 inside we decide to um, uh, prioritise attack. We neglect defence. But now, I think we've got this, uh, we've got quite a good blend between the two where we, we can, it's kind of balanced and we have a good defence and a good attack, which obviously is great. Yeah, and now it gives freedom to the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka, even Aubameyang, um, Odegaards, Pepe's to feel the freedom and Aubameyang uh, uh, um, and Emil Smith-Rowe made that point when they were doing their their, their interview um, it's about trying to create freedom for these players trying to allow them to express themselves as freely as possible um, so look yeah. the first half is finished the second half starts what are you expecting are you expecting Arsenal to kind of sit back a little bit um, and allow yeah. Spurs back into the game or to kind of kill it off and score a few more well, uh, the, the 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 fan in me wants to see loads of goals, seven, eight, nine. But um, <laughs> I know, I know, in reality, that that's not you know what's going to happen. I did, I did expect, I did expect us to drop off a little bit and defend what we had. But um, but I also didn't expect. I I also expected Spurs to change the way they played, mm. and uh, they <laughs> they made two subs though, didn't they? Yeah, they made two half-time subs. I think Oliver Skip and oh, it's all right. Emerson you don't need to remember their names. I don't. Emerson Royal. Yeah, it was Oliver Skip and Emerson Royal came on for Denny Ali and someone else. Redundant to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect them to play the same way. But I, I, I hate to. I, well, I don't hate to say it. I love to say it. But they didn't change anything uh, in that second half on them. They came out the same way. And played the same way, and I don't know what the manager said. He probably just said, "You know what? We're done. 
have a have a great break. Have a great fifteen minute break. I'm not going to do anything. Good, go yeah. and you know, go and go, go out of the stadium and come back in fifteen minutes. You know, go and have a break. Go and have a drink. Do whatever you want. Yeah, because we're out of the game. You know, you know, and um, yeah, I just, just didn't see a a, 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 um, a change in Tottenham's play, which is some somewhat surprising because mm. you do expect Tottenham to when they're doing badly change it up straight away and do something about it but no I expected them to come out of the blocks firing you know really yeah. putting it on us trying to be the first to the balls um, trying to play a high line try, trying something you know but I think what made it even more difficult for them was how well we started as well because it's easy to start the second half on the front foot um, when you're when you know your opposition is going to be sitting off but it's, it's, it's more difficult to do that when the opposition is playing is matching that kind of intensity and and almost kind of responding to your attempt to play fast by almost doing the same thing um yeah so uh, arsenal came out in the into the second half in in that first sort of five minutes almost replicating what they did in the first five minutes of the first half which yeah. made it more difficult for for spurs because um obviously like i said you know they they were poor today but when we're when we're as good as we are it's even more difficult for them to play against us. Um, there was a moment early on where Odegaard puts in a beautiful ball in the box. Aubameyang heads it kind of uh, across the face of goal into the um, direction of Gabriel. And then Gabriel's kind of pushed over. Um, I don't know about you, but I thought that was a penalty. I thought yeah, Arsenal should have got a penalty early on. Yeah, I, think, I don't think it was checked either. By the way, uh, if you may have just heard me say get in there, I just remember that the Arsenal women are playing. Ah, they're playing Man City, and I just turned it over, and we're three 0 up. Oh, look so at that! Smiles all round for Arsenal today. Look at that, brilliant! All, you know, all round, man. Um, so yeah, good day for the club. Yeah, absolutely, great day for the club. There will be a a a great atmosphere in training tomorrow and and throughout the week. Um, but yeah, Gabriel, the penalty. I think it was a penalty. Uh, I don't know if it got checked. I don't really care if it got checked, to be honest, because. Well, I don't think we need a VAR to be on yeah, our side yeah. today. Uh, Craig Paulson, by the way, so I think he had a really, really good game. I, I, yeah, I, don't know I agree. Um, Craig Paulson for us has kind of been uh, a mixed bag because he's done some really, really stupid things. Mm. Uh, I think he gave the penalty against Wolves for David Luiz when he barely touched him. Uh, sent off Granit Xhaka a few times. Sent off Pepe a few times or against Leeds. Um, and actually, there was a moment where Harry Kane kind of felt g- g- goes down into the box. It was, um, it might have been Ben White that kind of uh, made the tackle and got clips, clips um, Harry Kane. Kane falls into the box and luckily there was no penalty. Paulson looks at it and um, yeah, <laughs> I was quite no, relieved no. to see that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, fair play to him. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say really on that one, but it was no penalty for me. Cool. Um, for me, the rest of the second half was very much a case of kind of managing the game. Um, I yeah. mean, at, at half time, I said it. I wanted Arsenal to come out into the into the second half, first 10, 10 15 minutes, match the intensity um, that they were playing with in the first half, and kind of 
kind of see the game out. So once it gets to about 60 odd minutes, 65 minutes, then you can kind of put your foot off the gas. Um, and they did that. Um, there was a, there was a, a, a one-on-one with uh, Harry Kane and Ramsdale, flicks it over, kind of goes over the post. That was, um, that was a great save. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think it was a, it might have yeah, been offside or something. The, he tipped that onto the post himself. Oh no no! I'm not talking about that shot. That was Lucas Moura's oh. one. I'm talking about um, there was a one-on-one of Harry Kane and Ramsdale early on, um, and yeah, he misses that. But um, let's talk about some of the changes that Arteta makes because yeah. I think the, the the remainder of the game was pretty much you know the same as we were. I think playing. it was damage limitation for Tottenham. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think we did need to make some changes. Yeah. Despite that, though, we were still moving the ball around really confidently, and yeah, I guess we I guess it goes it goes to show how how different two Arsenal sides are two, two Arsenal sides are um, when you've got one with no confidence and one with confidence. Yeah. Because you think back to the game we were playing against City and the way that we played there, compared to what we were doing today against City against Spurs sorry it was like night and day and it was almost like for like players in terms of I mean our defence was different but um, yeah attacking offensive wise you know we, we, we it was almost kind of a replica um, but yeah, yeah it was it made, a, it made it makes a big difference when you've got a group of players who are confident and who are hungry to play it does man it does yeah. it, makes, it, makes a, it makes a lot of difference and you can only you can only take him by the reactions of Mikel Arteta in in that in his reactions to the goals hmm. um, were superb and uh, he's really gone playing in a, in, a, in a really good way so hmm. it'll be really good to see what goes forward how we, how we are yeah, so um, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, Spurs goal. It doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things, but um, Granite Lucas Mora runs into Granite Shaka. That kind of interrupts the shape of our defense. Um, the ball is whipped onto the left hand side um, to I don't know who that is. Whether that's Regulon, I don't think it's Regulon. I'm not sure who that is who puts the ball into the box. It might have been Son, actually. No, Son scores. What am I talking about? Uh, the ball goes into the face, uh, into the box, and yeah, Son has a shot. Um, Ramsdale makes a save, but it's not good enough, really. it's uh, He doesn't get a strong enough hand, and you can see he's kind of devastated to concede yeah. that goal. It's his first, first goal to concede, yeah. Yeah. Um, for that one... Didn't really, didn't really phase me that much. Normally, when a goal is scored, I'm like, oh no, we're gonna, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be kind of tough. But what about the save though? The save that he makes from Lucas Moura's shot. I, mean, I think there's like five minutes until the end of the game, and he takes a shot. But that save there, because it's it's such an awkward kind of shot. It it, it takes a deflection, takes a massive deflection. The ball is dipping. Um, and he has to stretch his whole body. I mean, where he when he jumps and when he makes that fingertip save, if he doesn't do that, that ball's in the back of the net. Yeah, man, uh, that save. And that's, that's and that's that's actually when he says, "Fucking get in the box." Yeah, that's, that's when he gets what, a bit pissed that's off. What, that's what a great goalkeeper can do for you. And um, that was a. Brilliant, brilliant save. And uh, looking at on the, I love looking at goalkeepers on the, you know, the the, the slow replay and yeah. the back angle of the goal. And it's just, 
to he got the slightest fate of touches touch to it to push it over. So it was, it was really good from Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. And yeah, and then I think at that point, uh, a few players were coming down with cramp. So Saka went down, um, Shaka went down as well before that. Uh, Mil Smith Rowe, I think, went down, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I can't um, remember. And then, yeah, the subs are made pretty late on. I think, you know, credit to, to Arteta for not making any changes earlier on because he didn't need to. The momentum was good. The team shape was good. Um, and you could tell the boys had given absolutely everything because they were starting to pick things up like cramp. So, um, yeah, Saka comes off. Mil Smith Rowe comes off for Tavaj. Uh, I don't know who... Saka comes off. I think Ainsley Mate and Niles he comes off for. And Shaka comes off for Sambi. So good subs, like for like. And again, I guess again it just shows how much depth we've got in our squad now. A season ago, if you if, if we wanted to make those kind of changes, the, the level of quality would be quite low. Um you'd probably think to bring on players like Cedric, with all due respect to them. They've been given their opportunities. I don't think it's I don't I, I think at this moment, um if you were to pick between Tavaj and Cedric, you'd probably go for Tavaj. But uh, I mean the point I'm trying to make is that the level of quality in our on our bench has improved drastically and it helps because it allows us to see games through and that last sort of five, six minutes wasn't as nervy as other games we've watched. But um, you know, Spurs were still throwing everything at us and we still had to be very sharp and clued on. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, Oh, you always do that. Somehow Spurs. I thought Spurs came came into it when they bought um, what's his name? I've forgotten his name already. I've, I've the number eleven, right? Brian, Brian, Brian Gill or something. Brian Hill, uh, Hill. The Spanish, uh, Spanish. Yeah, the Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the the tide really turned for Tottenham when he was coming on because yeah, he was quite bright, bring a, being a being a bit more with it and dynamic, and. Um, and you know we you have to have your head screwed on because Tottenham, as I said, can turn it can turn it on because you know they, they do have good players and uh, they are normally very much on top of games. And today we, we had uh, everything about us was just so. And, to- and Arsenal scored again, as I've just said, that is four 0 to Arsenal women. Brilliant. Um, um, but Arsenal are very had to be very clued on today, and they were throughout the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So the final whistle goes. Arsenal win the game 3 1. Um, what a penalty, by the way. <laughs> Vivian, it was Kim Little, I think. Um, um, yeah, but what penalty? Um, yeah, <laughs> go on. Sorry. Yeah, just I just wanted to just wanted to see if your man of the match was different to the one that Sky Sky Sports gave. Um, they they gave it to Emil Smith Rowe, didn't they? Yeah. I would have given it to either Emil Smith Rowe or. Uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu. Mm. Um, I think Tomiyasu, I'm so happy with him. I think, you know, when, when he first came in on deadline day, we didn't, we didn't know much about him. We didn't know much about him. And people were saying, oh, panic buy, panic buy, panic buy. Clearly not. Clearly the club have chosen their target. He, he would have been one of the players that they would have gone to if, if another player didn't work out. But mm. they would have had him in mind. They would have known what he's good at. Or maybe he was first choice, I'm not sure. Uh, they would have known what he's good at from the outset. And Arteta would have cho- chosen his man. And, to, uh, and and he's been proving superb um, in the in the games he's, in the games he's played so far. Yeah. 
Absolutely. <coughs> uh, if it's me, if you're asking me, I'm going to go for someone completely different. I'm going to go for Martin Odegaard. Um, I think this guy is being overlooked and underestimated and uh, just everything about him, just his whole... Yeah. Say that again. You think he's better than us or yet? <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. I'm not going to go that far yet, but um, I, I, I think there is something quite... What's the right. word I'm looking for? Um, there is something quite uncanny about his performances, the way that he plays to 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 what we had with Özil. He's filling in that gap slowly, and he's adding a uh, kind of another another dimension, another element of another layer uh, of depth. There is a player in there who is. I feel like Odegaard has got something to prove, not only to himself, but to the world. Because there was a point where people were hyping him to being the next Lionel Messi. And yeah, man. there was a it's not it was not very long ago where people were really putting him on a pedestal. So I think he's I think he knows he's got a lot to prove for, for himself and for you know people, his critics. Um, and that's what's driving him. He wants to be successful at Arsenal, um, but he wants to prove to himself that he's good enough to play at a high standard. And so yeah. when and I him as well. Yeah. Uh, sorry, no, I, I won't interrupt you again after this. Sorry, that's fine. Um, but for him as well, I think uh, he's had he has some problems in Madrid with with um, fans uh, yeah. of Real Madrid. They were very against Odegaard for some odd reason because I wouldn't be against Odegaard. Um, they were very against how he's been playing, and, and the press have been saying some stuff about him that <laughs> clearly is fabricated. Um, so for him to prove himself on the highest stage in the Premier League. Um, is is great. So if he can, <laughs> sorry, this cough is really annoying. That's all right, man. Um, Sorry, we're almost done anyway. On, if he carries on the way, the way he's he's going, he's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, <coughs> I don't know if there's anything more to add about the game, or uh, I guess, I guess there's one other question that I have actually, and it comes from yeah, someone man. from Twitter. Um, oh. It comes from uh, Tyrone at. F of Skent. Um he says, Does Arteta start in eleven excite you? Uh yeah. Um yes, one hundred percent. Now more than ever, because there's no transfer window. There's no this player might be sold or this player might be sold or are we gonna lose this player? It's set in stone until January. I know January is not that far away. Yeah. But we still we've still got some time to go. But these players, as they are right now, are the right players going forward. Do you feel like Arteta's finally found his starting eleven? Yep, yep. Minus Xhaka, maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah. The yeah. reason why I say minus Xhaka is because obviously he's injured now, yeah. probably. Um, <coughs> so, so he'll probably be coming out the side for Lukonga. But the thing with the thing with this now is we have a like for like switch. Mm. So if if Xhaka was to come out, Lukonga would go in, and vice versa. So we have a switch like that now. We have squad. We have squad depth now. Exactly, and you, it, not only that, it allows us to cater for teams. You know, now it, it, you don't need to have a default starting eleven, and I don't think. I don't think it's, it's smart to ever have a default starting eleven. I think it's important to look at who your opposition is and how you can shape your team to best be prepared for them. Because our starting eleven 
against a team like, I don't know, Man City compared to Burnley are two different kind of sides that play two different styles of football. And so I guess, like I said, playing Granit Xhaka today was in hindsight, in hindsight, probably the, not probably, definitely the right, the right decision because of the kind of the experience of playing in a North London derby, the physicality, um, also his partnership with Partey, uh, we, we shouldn't forget, um, was something that allowed him to probably have his breakout season at Arsenal last year. Um, so yeah, all things being considered, I think Arteta right now has a very, very strong start in 11 and more importantly has the depth which is needed to kind of reshape, readapt, um, change things if he needs if he needs to. Uh, but look, the, the next few games coming up are winnable games. I think the North London derby was always the one that kind of stood out in, in, in that run of five, six games. But that's out of the way now. Um, I have to say, having a look at the next fixture against Brighton doesn't look... Um, doesn't doesn't really look any easier. If anything, that that seems like a more difficult game because I mean, yeah, because tomorrow they could be top of the league. Yeah, they could be top of the league tomorrow. And they they've been. I think they've they've been on top form. I think they 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 if they win tomorrow, they're obviously the side with the hottest kind of form. Um, so that's going to be an interesting game. After that, we've got Crystal Palace, another London derby game, and then after that, we've got um, Aston Villa. Good yeah, thing about we- those two games, and then Leeds. Good thing about those three games is they're all at the Emirates. Lovely. So, That's what we need to do from now on. The Emirates is a fortress. Yeah. If we That's can, pick, how many, I mean, realistically, how many points do you think we can pick up? Brighton, Palace, Villa, and Leeds. Well, Leeds is the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Ah, sorry, 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 sorry. I completely read that wrong. So, Brighton, Palace, Villa, and Leicester. I. Uh... I'd take a draw at Leicester. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Because I think Leicester's a very hard place to, place to go. Because it's yeah. a king power. Uh, I, w- I would like a win against Brighton to just carry on the the uh, the form. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would. You know, I'm going to go out on a whim. I, I'd expect six uh, uh, six points. Of, so three three against Brighton, three against Villa. Uh, Palace. Three uh, Palace is a weird one because Patrick Vieira is back. Yeah, that's going to be a very, very weird game to play, isn't it? Um, also, they've got um, obviously Zaha, <laughs> but also with um, Odson Edward. Uh, a draw at Palace for I don't know, I don't know, man. I'd like to, I'd like to say we'd win every game, but mm. I don't really, know, I don't really think I can put anything on it right now because going off, going off what I've just seen, we can beat anyone. If we continue, yeah. if we continue playing like we did tonight, I think we can beat anyone, and uh, hopefully it stays that way because I really want to. Um, but it's really interesting because if we do beat everyone, if we do, if we do come out of that that run of games unscathed and we win games, then we're right back in. We're right back in the type, uh, fight for top four. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because now that we've beaten Spurs, we're above them; they're below us. Yeah. Starting the season there, with three losses. And that seems yeah. to be behind us. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I think if we win the next three, four games, it's it's a big ask. It is. I mean, to go to go away to Brighton is difficult enough. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know whether I'm convinced enough to say that we'll beat Brighton away. Because yes, if we perform how we did against Brighton, then 
course, we're going to get the three points, but I'm not convinced at this point that Arsenal will replicate that performance. I don't know how likely it is that we're going to perform like that week in, week out. We're on a Friday night as well, next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry, Saturday. Is it? Yeah, yeah, Saturday 5.30. Yeah, Saturday 5.30. Friday is um, Villa. Oh, is it, are we on video on Friday? We've got a really weird schedule. So we've got a Saturday at 5.30 against Brighton, then Palace Monday night at 8 o'clock, um, and then Villa the following Friday, or not even the following Friday, four days later, uh, at home to Villa at four 8 Four days o'clock. later? Yeah. On Saturday? Because if again, we don't have Carabao Cup, so we don't have, sorry, not Carabao Cup, we don't have um, Europa League. We're not in Europe, so they can mess us around how they want. So yeah. we've got yeah. So Saturday, next Saturday, Brighton. Following yeah. um, that, where there's an international <laughs> break, I think. Yeah. So we'll be back in action on Monday, and then we'll be at back on action on Friday, mm-hmm. which is four days. So four days between Palace. Um, oh, sorry. After Palace is Villa, and then we've got a Carabao Cup. Another four days after that. Yeah, it's it's mad, man. Isn't it? it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, and then another four so days after that is 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 Leicester. So actually, if we come out of that unscathed, I hope we don't have any serious injury problems. But if we get to Leicester with maximum points, three, six, nine, nine points, I'll be I'll be really happy. Yeah, same. And I think it will be good going into because Christmas period is always busy. Yeah, then, I mean, yeah. you got Watford, Liverpool, Newcastle, United, Everton. And then so, January, we have players going off to the Acon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Acon. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a busy time. I hope we can ride out the storm and, and really, from today, go forward as go forward as uh, starters we mean to go forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And on that note, I think we're going to end the show. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's been listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give, it, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you thought of the show. If you had any um, anything that contradicts what we said, if you disagree with anything that I've said or James has said, you can find us and let us know on Twitter. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Gunnarsense96. You can find James on Twitter at AFC. We've also got our very own Twitter page that we don't use that much but we will do in the future we're trying to sort of pick up momentum yeah. and build um, all of us are very very busy at the minute yeah so. it's difficult but we're, we're definitely going to be more we're going to try and be more active on our on our twitter page um, and our twitter page is at um arsenal ask therapy no, pod yeah. at Ask Therapy Pod. Uh, we've got a website where we'll be releasing some we'll be we starting will be eventually. blog eventually. So the Arsenal Therapy yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Um I hope you all enjoyed your weekend. I'm sure you did. If you're if you're an Arsenal fan, if you're a Spurs fan, well um yeah. If you're a Chelsea <laughs> fan then then you know Yeah. I haven't got much to say but um, yeah we should be back oh actually we're going to be back for a very special episode uh, during midweek yeah so I've got a, I've got a special guest coming on um, and yeah but I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything it's um, it's provisionally been booked on the Wednesday um, okay. on the Wednesday evening I should I should I should, should I should I just spoil it 
Oh, I just think. No, leave it, leave it, leave it. Okay. Okay. Leave it, leave it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'm. I'm not going to spoil it. But um. Yeah. We're going to have a special show on Wednesday. The podcast will probably be out on a Thursday. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, but until then, have yourself a very good week. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye.